the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome, 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 welcome to Millburgers Garden. South Texas, broadcasting live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevard Road. And Trace is here with us uh, to talk gardening. Uh, so you can have uh, uh, three experts and one novice uh, talk, answer your gardening questions when you come by or call us at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll free, it's 866 308 8867. Well, how's everybody doing today? Okay. Yeah, okay. It's a little a little warm out there. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, did you look at the forecast for the next week or so? No. It's going up. Oh, is oh, it? Oh, no. 105. All right, well, get on your microphone so we can hear you. <laughs> it's it's good to hear you. Are you saying I, you can't hear me? I cannot hear you. Melton. Can't hear you. Nobody can hear all the all the wisdom that you're putting out is wasted. That was genius. What he said a minute ago. I mean, I was somebody like, must have advised him that he could keep us under control by uh, <laughs> criticizing us constantly. Well, I'm not criticizing. It's what nice I, to hear what I see is he actually put himself back in the middle again, so yeah. he, he could uh, elbow either one of. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Or throw something at you. That's right. It was hard to hit them yesterday. I kept missing. I hit an employee with a paper. It was just. It was yeah, but at least he's got a little smile on his face today. Yesterday he was. Yeah, yesterday was grumpy a, the whole time. Was I? Okay. <laughs> Who's that? Me or Trey? No. Oh, he's, Milton. Milton. There you go. Now is that? Uh, have you noticed the heat over in that point in that chair? Uh uh-uh. oh, uh. No. Yeah. Must just be me then. It could be. It is a little cool. It seems to me it's cooler here than it was there. Of course, it could be. Any, anything. It could be where the time of the day. And, uh, and the ceiling fan. Yeah, you got the ceiling fan. That helps. Well, anyway. So well, I've got an exciting announcement. I can hear you. This is great. Uh, is that right? <laughs> yes. For you young couples like you and Trace and you're not Cavill. <laughs> Are we okay? a couple now? We're a couple. <laughs> well, hi, Trace. But I've been it, called worse. <laughs> anyway, let's see. What's the date of the day? Today is the 6th. 6th, okay. I actually knew that, Milton, because today's my wife's birthday. Oh, my God. You better know what it is. Happy birthday. She told me me last night. I I knew it this morning. (laughs) Oh, okay. I know that. You know what? You can do this for her birthday. Ready? Sure. I don't know. They're having a uh, grape stomp. At uh, Wild Seed Farms, Wild Seed Vineyards. Mm-hmm. Up in Fredericksburg. Yeah. And uh, 
they're going to start from 12, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. All right. On 8, 8, 8 the 12th, the 19th, the 26th, and 9 2. So, what is that every September. About every two weeks? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've already done it. Not there, but I've already done it. So, oh. So somebody else can take my spot. <laughs> okay. And you and your wife are not going to go up there and stomp grapes? We've already done it. Okay. Where did you stomp them? Uh, some vineyard that she's, okay. I don't know. Do you wear things? I was just a passenger. Do you wear things on your feet? Because that's no. kind of. No, you're barefooted. That's what makes it and, wow. and fun. Then, and then you get to go walk on a shirt. After is what we did. They, yeah, they provided a white, oh, that's cool. You get to keep your shirt. The yeah, the, the vineyard and you keep the shirt. Okay. Uh, for, uh, we uh, haven't uh, seen uh, you wearing a shirt I, with I, footprints. I wear, <laughs> I wear uh, Milberger's approved attire. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the it includes each person gets a stomping T-shirt and a glass of wine. Yeah, we got all the wine we could drink while we were doing it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, at some point also, you just pass did you, out. Did you grapes. dip your glass in? Uh, <laughs> what, what is the cost? Okay, it's thirty-five dollars per person. That's pretty good. But if you tell tell them that uh, that you heard it here on on our show, right? And it's a couple. It's uh, sixty-nine ninety-nine <laughs> for couple. Or thirty five per person. A, <laughs> you save a penny? Um, <laughs> you save about two dollars. What? It's oh no. Thirty five no. times two. So it's thirty five oh it's it's seventy seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, you save two cents. How am I doing? Yeah. One cent. Uh, yeah. you go, obviously you went I'm to glad University you gave of your two <laughs> Yeah, but a bump. And you and you can dip down and Eat all the uh, eat all the grapes you, grapes you want when mm. you're stomping. Yeah, they don't have any sanitary. I uh, think this is added. Well, to the... everybody's feet pretty clean, and it gives that wine uh, kind of a little flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. When people like me go up. Ooh, ah, <laughs> it slipped out the thing. But anyway, mm, it's got that Doctor Scholl's tint to it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Scholl's aftertaste. Oh, that's delicious. <laughs> but uh, that's a uh, a, a fun thing to do. Uh, okay, okay. And uh, the, they they probably have different varieties on those different days. That's why they. And are these grapes from Wild Seed Farm? Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Because I know he was doing that. He got a big so, vineyard. Out, out. So he's going to get into wine then? Oh, he's already man. into wine. He's already gotten into wine. Uh, I've scolded him. He's where he used to grow wildflowers. Got vineyards. So my next question is, what varieties of grapes is he growing? Uh, I don't know. There, there are varieties I don't know about. They're, you know, the for the wine. They're not the old Munson varieties or anything like that. But uh, you can find out what which one you're stomping and buy a bottle of wine of that variety or that selection from last year. Okay. So if you do it two years in a row, you could have stomped the wine yeah, that you're, that you're going to drink. Yeah. 
I'm not sure but, how impressive that is. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, well, I, you, know, you know, at the classic I, dinner with your tie on and everything and the fancy women <laughs> with fancy dresses, and then you say, ah, oh, this wine is wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I remember a stomping, stomping it. Stomping it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not as elegant as I would mm. expect. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is for non-elegant. This is at Wild State Farm. Uh, okay. Worse if you took well, a different lady friend. There you Ooh. go. And how would you explain it? I don't know. <laughs> this tastes like your old girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, mark your calendars now. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to John about this, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if you need to make a, a pre-registration. I bet you do. I bet you do, too. You think it doesn't say anything about it? I bet you do. I think to but, be safe, you should. Okay. Well, well, maybe we'll let's see. When's the twelfth? The twelfth is after next weekend. No, no this next Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because today's the sixth. Okay. Oh, it's your wife's birthday. Yeah, I actually remember that. Uh-huh. <laughs> As of last night. <laughs> well, maybe I can. We can call John and get an interview on the phone. On the, phone. On the stomping. On the stomping and whatever. If we miss it next Saturday. We can get the 19th, the 26th, or the 9-2. I wonder if uh, if Jerry was in the stomping and then he fell down, would he be lost forever? <laughs> or would he be able to get up and then fall down again? Yeah, I mean, well, that, he can you get, think how efficient that would be? Uh, yeah, with, with more, your body. More brace. Yeah. He wouldn't get a footprint on his shirt. He could just roll on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just... <laughs> it just comes out purple. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. That is now, interesting. If it's if it's gonna be hot, did you say it's getting hotter? That's what this next week Calvin did. Said, yeah. Next week? Meteorologist Calvin I, I did hear something about possible rain. Oh good. I can't remember what day. What? Are your Sinisa yeah. blooming in the back? Before the century's over. It's always, I heard something about Thursday. It's always possible. Dude. Let me see. If I got the forecast in front of me. Let me see what it says on Thursday. Uh, Thursday it doesn't say anything, but that doesn't mean anything. This just this is the government website, you know. Maybe, go- maybe it's going to be the end of the world or something. Oh, man, y'all are so pessimistic. <laughs> just just embrace the chance. But anyway, right. I'll, I'll I'll check on that this week. So I did look at our Whoppers, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Give us a call. Okay, you asked me about the Whoppers yesterday. We've got them in three different containers. Two of the containers are seem to be perking back up. One of them just said, you know what, I'm tired of this. And we we think it's it's gonna it's gone kaput. Mm-hmm. What co- what color of the foliage? did the foliage dry up? Literally dry. It's it's yeah it's brownish green. I always get uh, nervous about um, people when you see that on those uh, whoppers or begonias uh, or on our uh, oh the what's uh, on our, on sale here we got yeah. That if you don't let it, you got to let it dry out a little bit in between. Even if it's just, you know, one day or every other day or something, uh, because they once they start that decline. Yeah. And usually the wa- the if it's a r- relatively large size container, the uh, there is soil. There's moisture underneath that. 
mm-hmm. first half inch or so. So it's uh, and especially on whoppers where they're not, yeah. they don't go fast. They take, they let you know when they're in trouble and <laughs> and you got some time. Yeah, if you got if you got begonias, either the small ones or the whoppers, and the leaves look uh, wilted and not good at all. Camel. No, these look beyond that. The one does. The two look good. The two in the container look good. The, the third ones one, that the third do not one. look good, water them. Okay. Soak them. Okay. So They'll be blooming tomorrow morning. Uh, that's a pushing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I looked at three different sites that had all said Thursday. Now one of them says Sunday. As in today? Next Sunday. Next Sunday, okay. One says next Tuesday, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. And the other one says uh, you're out of luck. Oh, wow. Okay. What's that for? Well, we've got got your forecast, plus we've got the Sinisa. So I think by next Sunday we're going to have some rain. That's what what I'm predicting. Oh, that's right. Your Sinisa's have... Yeah, they're looking good. There, there, huh? There's even the one across the street that's blooming. I like that one because uh, when that one starts blooming full, it's just that gorgeous big block of purple. But okay, now, there were some. Uh, you got some sinises out here, and uh, there's a handful blooming. Of, yeah, there's a handful up front that they brought up that were blooming. Now the, um, the on the whoppers, Laura had a question. So on the ones that are kind of getting leggy because they're getting huge, she was going to trim them. Yeah, cut them in half. Cut them in half. And then can she just take the half that she's cutting? I'm not going to say that. Stick them in the dirt? I'm not going to say that. Why not? Because Trace doesn't like for me to say that. Oh, okay. Got quiet here. Wilson said that. Okay. Well, I don't know if you can or not. I well, th- of course you can. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you're not going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say uh, okay. that. Okay. Do we still have whoppers? I guess I can replace it. Uh, we do. Okay. But we've already whacked them back. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I bet they threw away the cuttings. No. We're not growers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Well, you kind of are growers. I don't want to be a grower. Propagators. There you go. That's probably better. You're not propagators, but you're growers. Because that's why all this stuff looks so beautiful out there. Uh, speaking of looking beautiful, uh, still got some of uh, Ms. Nethery's. Uh, oh, LeJoe? LeJoe. Yeah, for sure. And I've got uh, I've got a link to it on plantanswers.com on how to remove the seed on peppers. They don't have a placenta tissue or that gel around the seed so all you have to do is just make a cut at the very top kind of around there and that top part pulls right out uh, and it has the seed attached to the inside kind of like a wine cork huh yeah 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 and all you have to do is uh, extract that seed cork and uh Put it out somewhere to dry, and let it dry. You can dry it on that cork on that uh, in, inside, and uh, it'll it'll completely dry on that uh, on that deal that you take out. And then the 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 uh, shell of the pepper, mm-hmm. uh, it's a mild, uh, well, sort of mild <laughs> jalapeno. And uh, you stuff those 
uh, what, Velveeta cheese or some kind of cheese, and then put them, uh, cook them on the barbecue instead of fertilizer, huh? <laughs> oh, you're talking about eating them rather yeah, than talking about them. eating them. <laughs> but uh, and I, I've got all that. Uh, uh, I show all that on uh, PlantAnswers.com. Do you have recipes? Uh, well, uh, it's in the pictures. Okay. <laughs> uh, those those uh, that was done by uh, 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 Rob DeRocha. Mm-hmm. You remember Rob? Chef Rob. Or Chef Rob. And he actually uh, uh, distri- gave some of those peppers to different uh, chefs around town. And they they said the best no, stuffing you. peppers they'd ever seen. Because they're big enough that you can get a nice little piece of cheese in there. All right. Well, you could use real cheese. Can you, hit, can you get bacon in? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That- Bacon oh. makes everything better. Oh, so yeah. do you put the bacon in, or are you going to wrap it wrap with bacon? Wrap it around. Well, you could do both. Okay. There's no such thing as too much bacon. No, that's true. <laughs> so you could stuff it and wrap it. Yeah. Double, and, like double stuffed Oreos, but different. And what are you going to do with the seed? <laughs> you Am gonna, I eating it? You're going to dry them out. Oh, okay. And then after they're completely dry, you can remove them from that uh, center stem that they're on. Or, and... Uh, Put them on a, in a little bag, uh, dry. Probably put a piece of paper towel in there with them, make sure they stay dry, and uh, save that seed because the pep- the peppers uh, Ms. Ms. Nethery has passed, and her daughters have disappointed me that they they didn't save all the seed. So this is the only seed left of the uh, Joe, largest jalapeno on earth, and I've got uh, pictures showing it. It's it's a it's a big baby, hmm. but it's jalapeno shaped. Okay, and so, we got them here. Probably the only place we got them. So the jalapenos, by the way, are rich in vitamin A and C and potassium. Oh yeah, they have carotene. And antioxidants would help fight damage to your cells, as well as folate, vitamin K, and B vitamins. So you're saying I should live forever? Yeah, uh. with all this, all the peppers <laughs> that you eat, you might. Uh, you know those Cajuns? They live a long time. Oh yeah. I think that's mainly because they eat lean meats and lots of peppers. But are you eating lean meats? Yes. Okay, there you go. You're eating lean bacon, only lean bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Crispy. Crispy bacon, okay. We're going to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Bull 40 Road on 930 AM, The Answer. South Texas on 930 AM. The answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick along with Doc Hazlett, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch. We're ready to talk gardening with you at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. The number to call. What else is going on, gentlemen? Yeah, I was looking through the what to plant at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, these, a lot of these are 
uh, up around Dallas where they've had rain. We've got to keep in mind that we're the driest in the state, maybe driest in the United States. Uh, but he says, plant beans, squash, cucumbers, and Irish potatoes. Have you ever tried Irish potatoes in the fall, Jet Callen? Yeah, but not when it's 100 degrees out. Uh, <laughs> oh, you yeah. mean it's been fall that it's not yeah. 100 degrees out? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm most comfortable with planting them in February, first of oh, February. Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, the concept yeah. of planting Irish potatoes and having them in the fall would be uh, kind of exciting. Uh, of course, if it, if it's on this list... <laughs> I probably tried it one time or the other, and uh, so I had this wild idea. The the potatoes that are grown in this little area, they um, they screen them into the large potato russet, whether they're russet or red, into uh, large potatoes, medium-sized potatoes, and then they got one called uh, uh, bees. Uh, uh, little, uh, they sell them in the nurseries, uh, in the groceries, as uh, new potatoes. Mm. They're a little, little bitty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like those. Those are good. Yeah, yeah, they're creamy. Mm-hmm. And so I think they may have less starch too. No, wishful thinking. No. So red, uh, red potatoes are supposed to have less starch than the russets and the the big bakers and stuff. They're supposed to be better for you. I'm just saying. Don't give me that look. <laughs> I read this on the internet. It has to be true. Oh yeah. Somebody put a meme on Facebook that said that uh, if you know potatoes, call us at two one zero eight four two two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. I have a response to that. I know you do. <laughs> I don't. Well. Okay, but anyway, so I said to myself, myself, mm-hmm. uh, if I get some of those B-sized potatoes. Uh, Right after they're harvested, no, no, no uh, growth uh, in heart inhibitor put on them. We should be able to grow those in four and a half inch containers and sell them in the nursery in the fall. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? You can ask the we guy. We can have Irish potatoes in the fall. We should ask the person who has to sell them. <laughs> well, I would ask the person who has to grow them. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so I did a bunch of flats that way, to, uh, in anticipation of put them on on the market in the fall for the first time. And about. Maybe it, it was warm. It was, it was probably not this hot, but it, it was warm. And about two weeks later, there were buzzards roosting on the beams over the potatoes because some of those potatoes rotted. Oh. And you you never, nothing stinks more than a rotted tomato, potato other than a... Uh, a rotted onion, and so and sometimes tomatoes are pretty bad. Too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the grower, they said, well, they're your plants. 
So what you need to do is go out there and uh, dig those rotted ones out and uh, and let the, uh, the healthy ones grow. That sounded good to me. About three flats into that, pulling out those rotted uh, potatoes, I said, this is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that was abandoned. Uh, but, and they also, talking about planting beans, squash, cucumbers. Uh, and in South Texas, which where, where we are, is peppers. That's why we've got the Netherly Joe peppers out there, ready to go. Uh, and uh, does that list have... Uh is that new enough that it has uh, tomatoes there yet? Fall tomatoes? I mean, uh, no, no. This is this is days? nails. Oh, and uh, they don't. No, no. <laughs> they don't have the luxury that we have. Well, uh, well I don't. Th- yeah, it would take Neil a few years to get used to even recommending it for San well, Antonio. I think he can't get them in San Antonio. You can. Oh yeah, in San yeah. Antonio you can, but he writes for all of the state. But anyway, uh, on the beans and the squash and the cucumbers, I don't know if we want to plant those in the hot temperatures like this or not. We've got the transplants out there in the, some of those. In the, oh, this one? Yeah. Okay. Squash for sure. But uh, a lot of people plant Maybe cukes, too. A lot of people plant them from seed, you know. And... Uh, Cucumbers and squash and whatever, they don't like extremely hot temperatures. They burn up, burn the leaves off of them. The leaves are so tender. But uh, you can wait. Yeah, uh, wait uh, and gamble uh, a little bit that a you'll month, have. Yeah, but yeah. Major, wait till September. I'm putting everything on September. I think if we can make it through August. It's the magic month. We can... We can uh, Enjoy September. That's that Merle Haggard song. There you, there you go. If we can make it to September. There you, that's it. <laughs> uh, also, uh, it's time to dig and divide fall pl- flowering bulbs, such as spider lilies, oxblood lilies, uh, and others before they start growing after they get a rain. Now, what's the problem with that method? Oh, the the rain part? Yeah, well, first of all, digging them out of that hard soil. And second of all, remembering where in the hell they are. Yeah, but don't you say to, like, do a little, like, popsicle sticks and stuff? Yeah, if you... If you you know where they are. Yeah, but... (laughs) Did you do that? Uh, (laughs) No. I only had mine come up a couple times, and then they they, they decided they wanted to go elsewhere. They they moved. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and also time to dig and, and divide spring flowering bulbs, oh. including daffodils, jonquils, narcissus, uh, grape hyacinths, and others. Well, that goes back to that same thing. About the only spring flowering bulbs that uh, that'll make through weather like this and should be divided now are the uh, cemetery iris and uh, some of those irises. 
But uh, gosh, it's not much fun planting them right now. No, and no. But you I'm, don't have to de- dig them very deep. But <laughs> it's like you're planting them in uh, concrete. concrete. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But the thing about it is, uh, you're you can dig them and you can divide them now. Dig them and divide them, and uh, they'll dry out. For you can put them in the shade, and they, they'll dry out. Think they'll dry out today, Milton? They I think might. So. And then uh, the uh, we'll have to ask John about this. But buy wildflower, buy spring wildflower seed for Texas planting later this month. So we remember, and I'm excited. You know, we haven't had blue bonnet seed of a good blue bonnet seed harvest in the last three or four years. But uh, this spring had the best stand of them. I mean, the prettiest stand of them they've had in years. And so I'm anxious to call over there and, and see if they've got the uh, the maroon, red maroon and uh, some of the other blue bonnets. Like Would that. even be nice if they had blue. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like like we talked about, we didn't have blues, <laughs> uh, Lady Bird Johnson Royal Blues, at uh, Wild Seed Farms in Fredericksburg because it's been in the drought that we've been in. But uh, people said that they were the, had the best stands of them as you go further uh, uh, north of here and over toward Brenham. Than they've had in years, hmm. so um, that'd be good. I'll give them a call when uh, when I'm checking on the wine and check on the seed availability. Okay. Now they did, if they did have a good seed crop, uh, and they're going to be selling it this year, those will be some great germinating wild seed because they're they're fresh. You know, the blue bonnets, like other seeds, uh, decrease in their germination over time. Now, we nobody knows. <laughs> At least we never did do a, a study on how long a blue bonnet seed will store. Oh. Uh, in so, interesting fact. Yes. Wildflowers don't have to have the the seed tested uh, every year like the other seeds do where they pick them up yeah take them off they test them oh and either repackage for it with a new uh or put a sticker or whatever yeah wildflowers don't have that is that right huh that's weird on that note that's a mistake this month (laughs) is the month that all the seed vendors go and pick up their seeds so if you're wanting to purchase seeds for your fall gardening um, I suggest doing it in the next few weeks because it always takes them a good four to six weeks after they pick up oh, okay. before they deliver the new ones. And sometimes that's past where people want to be. Yeah. That's a good and point. By the way, somewhere in my house I have uh, blue bonnet seeds that are 25 years old. So That'll work. So we, uh, we think that'll be okay? <laughs> yeah. I, wish I think we... they'll be okay, Milton. Some of them. <laughs> Some of them, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Oh, 210-308-8867. You should have Jeremy... Uh, and uh, his friend uh, go to uh, 
Fredericksburg. The stomp. And do the stomp. The stomp. And Jeremy can play. Yeah. And that Ernest Tubb song, um, I'm Walking on Grapes Over You. That, that would be, they could do that one. They could yeah. write all kinds of grape stomping songs. There you go. All right. Just thinking about it. <laughs> but uh, I wonder if they'll play like a Lucille Ball episode. Yeah. The, yeah. That's, that's what I always think that's of. That's a classic, isn't it? All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. I'll take the opportunity to take a quick break. You give us a call and tell us what's going on in your gardening world. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. I don't know. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 938. The answer, 210-308-8867, the number to call with your gardening question. And uh, walking around the neighborhood, it's fun to see what's blooming. Um, the um, oh, They have the uh, long kind of stems, and they have the pom-pom-like red, purplish flowers on them, all in a clump. Oh, what, are, what am I calling them? Um, Not Turk's cap. No, no, no. There's, these are big and tall. Uh, oh. oh, and they're bright, bright, bright colors. Um, Not, ger- Not geraniums. Those are shorter. No, they would, but they wouldn't be blooming now, would Not they? Hibiscus. Geraniums will bloom if they're... Not in the full sun. Oh, okay. Well, these are pretty much in full sun. It's the... Uh, oh, no, yeah, you would have... Yeah. I think it was Bougainvillea. And they were pretty. Now that I... Th- it took a second to get it. But, yeah. It almost looked like a crepe myrtle, which was weird. But, yeah. Because uh, I was going to ask Trace. I think he brought it up one time that uh, there are two varieties. One that kind of has the, the I guess, the, are they bracts? Flowers. The, are they flowers? Okay. The colored uh, are bracts, right? Yeah. The colored parts. Yeah. And then um, the uh, that kind of climb up the whole thing. And there are other ones that just have the pom-pom looking things at the end. So they're, they're green all the way. And then big, like a foot of, of pom-pom bushy blooms. Hmm. But they look good. The Mexican bird of paradise looks good around the neighborhood. Esperanza looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, and we coral vine, that that is blooming spectacularly out there too. Lots and lots of uh, pollinators on it, and but mm. gosh, it's a pretty a pretty vine as well. And um, oh, and I'm pretty sure on the bougainvillea they're not taking care of it too much. Does it need? Doesn't it doesn't want water? Not, does it? Not much. Okay, bougainvillea. And oh, yeah. this kind of you don't want to you don't want to overwater it, um, but even that even bougainvillea needs water at, and this kind of stuff. But but uh, he was a brother Warren Short that used to grow such pretty bougainvillea. Yeah, he was. And uh, I think because <laughs> I I had well I I've got it on PlantAnswers dot com. Uh, one of the best bougainvillea, Phil Hovey. Yes, Phil uh, did it, had a little nursery that he yeah on Southside. Yeah, and uh, he he fertilized his, uh, and because uh, I, I had him well, 
It's on under Bougainvillea on, on the plantanswers.com. I got pictures of he and his wife and some pretty Bougainvilleas as well as uh, his nursery, which is now gone. Hmm. Yeah, uh, he, he fertilized. He yeah, he fertilized. Almost, yeah. Um, I, I don't think we were much for advocates of fertilization back then. But, uh-uh. And he was not... He didn't push hard on it. I, I, I think he'd figured out that he uh, had a pretty good thing going there, and, uh, and he, his fertilization was was being very effective. If nobody else wanted to do it, so what? You, you mean know? it was top secret? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah, uh, he did good good with that, and he was one of the eight that was chili patines for yeah. for lunch. Yeah. But every uh, every, every bite. Of a meal, yeah. Yeah, he was a pistol. Uh, but anyway, the uh, I, I remember he, uh, that was one of his, his uh, well, I have to read that write-up again. Uh, he, he wrote it up for me. That's his words. But uh, uh, I think he, he fertilized them with uh, uh, water-soluble fertilizer like Miracle Grow or something like that, but uh, anyway. But did, uh, uh, Warren used uh, hibiscus food. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. He's the one that uh, yeah. did that research. Uh, I guess the master gardeners did it and found out that the best pl- plant food for uh, was uh, for bougainvilleas was hibiscus plant food. It's easy it's to use and inexpensive, yeah. Yeah. We don't care about how expensive it is on our bougainvilleas. As long as we keep them blooming and like gangbusters. Uh, also, uh, those of you who take the papers, in yesterday's paper, August 8th, Saturday, page... E four. I don't think it was August. It was uh, August eighth. Yeah, August fifth. Fifth, yeah. Fifth. Saturday, August fifth. E four. That was was that yesterday? Yeah. Fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Today's okay. the sixth. Uh, it's Trace's wife's birthday. <laughs> Tr- uh, Calvin's got a, a great article about uh, things that's blooming at this time of the year, and. Uh, he also, on This Week in the Garden, said, uh, Zinnias are attractive bedding plants. I'm surprised he'd ever mentioned zinnias, don't you remember? <laughs> we yeah. hardly ever hear him talk uh, about them. <laughs> yeah, I neglected them for yeah. quite, a, quite a while. Several minutes. Huh? <laughs> uh, are attractive bedding plants make desirable cut flowers and meet the needs of pollinators as, nectar source, as a nectar source? And the seeds are sought after as a food source by by birds and other seed eaters. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was surprised to see zinnias on the deer-resistant list, deer-resistant plant list, forest apples, really, which nobody nobody criticizes, right? But uh, I think. I think uh, they don't particularly eat them, but they stomp them. 
Double yeah, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty coarse. So yeah. if a deer moves through a zinnia bed, you got broken stems. <laughs> but I wonder if, uh, you know, they got the small zinnias. Can we teach them to deadhead? I'm sorry. Just yeah. eat the. Oh, there sorry. you go. You're up. Can we, can we teach the deer to uh, deadhead them for us? Or maybe so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but they're, they're, I was surprised to see them on the deer resistant list. And uh, so you need to start mentioning that, Cal. Well, we I, th I think we've had that discussion, and then uh, folks try them, and then they they get stomped. stomped. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think like lar larks, larkspur, and some of the others that they move through, and it doesn't seem to to break yeah. down or anything. But uh, zinnias break down. <laughs> well, I've got a uh, uh, turk's cap that I had shredded down. Uh, to the ground like I do every year, and that stupid thing is six feet tall now. Oh. It's a red, it's red. A lot of blooms. Yeah, a lot of blooms and a lot of butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, there's so many butterflies on it. My son, and it's it's about a hundred yards from the from the back door, and uh, Jeremy noticed it. He said. Mm. Look at all the butterflies. What's that plant there on down there? Oh, okay. But you know, the hummingbirds also get art attracted to it. That's one of the first times I noticed it. Went with a, uh, a delegation on a tour to the... Uh, Botanical Garden? No, down at the... Co down oh, at the, co uh, down the border. Uh, oh, okay. One of the, one of the wildlife references. Yeah. And I just... Just uh, couldn't believe how many hummingbirds were uh, on the, around that uh, Turks cat. Yeah. So they like it too. Uh, also, in Neil uh, Spears' article, uh, somebody wrote in and said, "Do you have any idea why my lantanas don't bloom? They form pea-sized pods, but nothing more." And he has a picture of it in there. Eastside pods. Did, did you did you see that picture? I didn't notice that. Uh, I'll send it to you. It's a, a and a, under the picture is labeled these uncharacteristically soft uh, succulent lantanas are not blooming. It appears they grew in the shade. I don't believe that's lantana. I think that's a, a little weed. Uh, a little weed. That we we get that really gets in our uh, pots and stuff where over to greenhouse. I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah. it's got the little pods like that. And uh, let me see what it is. Yeah. What color was it? <laughs> it's not blooming, so there is no color. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a. I think there's a reason it's not blooming, because it's not a lantana. Yeah, it sure does look like a lantana. Yeah, Neil, Neil says it's. Has softer leaves, and th he's describing <laughs> the plant he's looking at, but it's not a lantana. But anyway, All right, um, again, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Did you want to talk about what you got there? Yes, I do. Okay, so what I want to start building some anticipation. Oh, for this. right, look at those. We are going to you get keep, new. Keep, keep these are brand new varieties. Oh. Never introduced reblooming bearded iris. 
Hmm. So they don't bloom once. In fact, it says three times the blooms. Wow, that's great. So I don't know if that means uh, they bloom three times or <laughs> if they just have three times the amount of blooms when they do bloom. But they are labeled as reblooming bearded iris. Okay. And we're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven colors. Whoa. Wow. That yellow is pretty one. I and did more yellow than any of the others. Yeah. But some of these are pretty, uh, pretty fancy. Yeah. So, um, so that, when, when when will they be coming in? They are going to be in the, the fall. Okay. And that's when they should be planted. Yep. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we're going to experiment. That's looking nice. Well, the good news about iris is you don't have to be too fussy when you plant them. Uh-huh. Well, and it does say drought and heat tolerant. Oh, wow. Right along with that three times the blooms. And where are they from? Uh, I don't know where they originally got them from, but it's uh, Abbott would be the the company. Okay. But they're also the ones that send our amaryllis from Israel and all those other places. So oh, gonna, yeah, yeah. Probably bring them in. I'm, I don't know where they're actually grown, but they're going to be here. Okay, that's That'll great. Fun. Now, do you plant any of that stuff? So, like, you know, just for the... No. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, Plumerias and tomatoes right. are where we stand. Okay. Well, I meant in the nursery. Oh. Like just to uh, show them off and say, hey, if you're... No. Okay. Mm. I, at the at the end, we might plant them. That way they, oh. they have a chance to, to grow and maybe bloom here and, and be sold. So if we do that, it'd be like whatever's left at the end of February, oh, okay. January, February. We'd put them in a pot and yeah, and some. Would but, they, but I hope we don't get to that stage. Would they look good in the little four and a half inch? Mm, no, I'm not the four and a half inch. The little small one, six inch. Uh, probably, they'd, it'd be a gallon canister if we were going to put them in something. Oh, I just meant they, for like me. Oh no, is that too small? They, yeah, they multiply. Okay. So yeah, that's too small. Okay. Long term, short term, <sighs> sure. Okay. <laughs> do. Uh, Let's see. Oh yeah. What? How were the rose sales this year? I, it seemed. I, 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 I don't think with all the hot, dry weather, we made as big a hoop to do as we usually do on roses. Well, so we did just as good as we did last year. Okay, uh, good. Almost, almost all the hybrids are gone. There's only a handful out there. Good. And we are to the ones that do okay during the summer, so knockouts. and Yeah. I think I saw some petite knockouts out there and drift, and uh, there might even be some metabolites left. Yeah, they used, they bloomed. When they bloomed, they were beautiful. They were out there by the parking lot. But uh, I guess... <laughs> This hot weather has been uh, pretty tough on roses. You know, we used to talk about lot less, pruning them lot, back at this lot time. less fungal problems. Oh, mm. yeah. Shit. In fact, uh, I dare to say that uh, when people call in a fungus problem on tomatoes and, and roses and things like that, I said, look again. I don't think we like to say that fungus problems were short duration if they were at all this year because they didn't have moisture they got to have leaf moisture to to uh, propagate to set to spread but uh the weather the water was a key to roses 
you didn't water the roses, you didn't have any roses. And uh, I'm wondering, you know, we always talk about a fall bloom, but uh, if you didn't water and really take care of the roses during this summer, probably not going to have much fall bloom because they, they're usually putting out new uh, growth sprouts on which the flowers will appear. Yeah, and our, our tough modern roses and uh, old-fashioned roses, that list that we have, um, yeah. we talk about some, some years with uh, nine months of uh, bloom period yeah. if the weather is cooperating. Yeah. And this year was not one of those months, those years. And when we did the rose search here in San Antonio to find out what was the San Antonio rose, and Greg Grant came over and Bill Welch came over, the the Rosarians of of Texas, and Pam Perrier. Uh, But uh, it was dry that year. And the roses we found, those old-fashioned roses, they look like hell, but they were living through it. And then they wait for the rain or, or favorable weather. And they, uh... All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back in a minute. 210. I heard somebody. Okay, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Or come on by Mill Burgers and visit with everybody here. At 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. It's another burrito. It's a cold lone star in my head. It's a quarter for the Jews. We're back with Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Our phone number, 210-308-8867. Trace is on the, uh, in the two-story with us, talking gardening with you. So you've got three experts to help you out with your gardening questions at 210-308-8867, or you can come on by and visit with everybody in person. All right. What else is going on, Trace? Anything uh, you got that coming in? This was the most exciting thing that happened since I've been back. Um, anything coming in uh, next week? Or I know we got a lot of stuff that's uh, getting ready to come in. So I found another batch of uh, Cecilpina pulcherum. Gesundheit. Mexican bird of paradise. Oh, okay. Um, Point Siena. Asian jasmine, of all things, has been hard to find. Oh, yeah. And throw so, it back. So I have uh, I have some now, and I've got a hundred more flats coming. Hmm. So even the landscapers are coming to buy it here because they can't find it. Oh wow! Else. Which cool. jasmine? Asian. Asian. The ground cover. Yeah. There are they in four, four inch pots. Oh, four inch pots. That's good. That's easy to establish. And this fall, it, once the rains, the rains start. Yeah. Well, that's Sunday or Tuesday yeah. of next week. <laughs> yes. Either, oh, Tuesday or Thursday? Uh, well, it, it wasn't this Thursday. They moved it to Sunday. Okay. Or the following Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, that would be a great time to it'll soften the soil up. 
if you, if it, if you don't get a rain, you need to pre-irrigate. That's all. Just like the, just like your vegetable garden, because Asian jasmine, uh, it can sink its roots in the moist soil, but not rock hard mm-hmm. soil. But uh, anyway, that'd be a good, great time to plant it, and those those are larger containers. I have a weird question. Uh, really? Hey, <laughs> hey, let's have a drum roll. <laughs> um, so we talk about soil temperature with uh, cold, and you're waiting till the soil goes up. So if we've had particularly hot days, does the soil heat up, and does that make a difference? It does. Because you're talking about the hardness of it, but yeah. I didn't know if the temperature itself was... Well, mulch is designed to help with that. Okay, so apparently it does. Some plants, some plants don't seem to be too affected by it, but others. Well, we had that uh, kind of the the debate about oh, uh, Bubba. Yeah. You know whether you know somebody had recommended to one of the our customers here that they wait and not plant their. Um, Desert Willow. Yeah, one of his friends said that. In the, in the, until the, later in the fall when it cooled down. And I thought, that, that's kind of a strange... <laughs> if there's any plant that pro- would, would probably do all right, would be Desert Willow. But then when we got to t- talking about it, and uh, Jerry brought up the factor that until uh, it gets established, even, even heat-tolerant yeah. plants are may not have the not same susceptible, characteristics. Yeah. Yeah. The damage. So everybody knows mulch is going to help keep moisture in. Right. I knew that part. It also helps suppress weeds, but it does also keep the soil temperature more constant. Well, so Mal- it doesn't fluctuate as much. Malcolm brought that up all the time, yeah. Yeah. And, that, <laughs> and then it's a, it's a factor, too. And how many, how many, it was amazing how many degrees. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. How many degrees? Do you remember off the top of your head? Well, let's see. Or you, you know, might have the surface... Here, well, you'd have it 100 plus degrees, 110 degrees, and you could easily have 20 degrees difference. 20. Yeah. But that, that does seem less stressful on the tree. Huh? Oh, yeah. But, uh, and, and the root expansion, too. Because we talk, we talk about uh, you have to have moisture in the subsoil and in the soil oh, too. before you put the mulch on. That makes sense. Because if you put mulch on a dry soil, keeps it drier. Yeah, you're, longer. It's hard to water through the mulch. There you go. Okay. But uh, except Trace has a has his solution, which is the berm. Yes. Filling up the berm with water and then fill create a mulch berm. And I have my solution. Yes. The tree, tree hugger sprinkler, yeah. Water. On top of the mulch? Yeah. Okay. And with Jerry, it's water every half hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> but put that timer on there and go in and have your cold one. Okay. And Cola. Then, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> or milk. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's important. I... I think that's especially on newly planted trees and shrubs. 
and we talked about it yesterday, where my oak sprouts are wilting. Now, they're attached to the oak trees, main oak trees. Mm -hmm. And when those babies are, are wilting, that means that tree is uh, in trouble. Mm. Stressed. It, it'll go dormant. I mean, it won't kill the live oaks or anything, but uh, it uh, it certainly won't uh, cause it to have new growth, a lot of new growth mm -hmm. on it. The, the last time I got up, I had a customer that brought me a picture of a Monterey oak that he's had for three years. Okay. And it had a bubbly ooze coming out of the trunk. No. That's either, uh, <laughs> yeah, no no damage on the trunk. Well, I sent him to go look to see if there was a hole beyond there the, the trunk. And if not, then, well, he should hope for that because that's the better of the yeah. the possibilities. Or no, no uh, oozing from uh, cracks in the it, it, He didn't bark. know. He had, he had no idea how it was coming out, so I sent him to go find that. Okay. But... Uh, yeah, that's that's not. Is that a good. stress issue? Could be. Yeah, it could be a disease, disease. issue oh. too. Yeah, could be. <laughs> well, they're showing that's showing up uh, slime. Yeah, that's slime what, flux. Yeah, that's showing uh, up. And or hypoxylin canker. Oh geez, it'd be dead before you got to the nursery. That's okay. It's fast. Hmm. And the um, baroques are starting to drop there. Leaves. Yeah. There. <laughs> well, it is August, so my, I guess the elms will be next. They're going to start shedding. Yeah. And my, my neighbor's uh, sycamore got a, got a, a sycamore American, I guess. And uh, I looked over there the other day, and there was, uh, I could see, it looked like somebody had, uh, Papered his lawn, you know. Uh, those big leaves fall down and turn over, and they're kind of silvery, I guess, or some of them are brown on on on, on uh, upper side. But they're always about the first ones to fall. Well, my my neighbor's has uh, already dropped every leaf, and it's. Uh, it's a conundrum, Milton. I don't like raking up his leaves because I live on the in the middle of the street, right where it curves. So his leaves always end up in my yard. Oh, he no, never cleans that's up. Terrible. Just oh, my just... I'm wondering if I should tell him he should water his tree, or do I want it to just go ahead and not make it? Oh. <laughs> well, I, there, there's no excuse for people letting their leaves blow into their neighbor's yard. Yeah. I never have made an excuse. Yeah, you just you just don't talk to them. <laughs> don't talk about it. Yeah, it's an act of God. Oh, okay. You don't want to be making excuses I for don't God. Go, I don't go out there and tell those leaves where to stay in my yard. If they want to leave me, I guess they can just go ahead and leave me. Mm-hmm. What about the neighbor hurts, to your other side? Hurts my Did their fever. leaves come over and visit you? <laughs> no. For some reason, I'm in a leafless oh. zone. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm looking back at uh, Calvin's July 29th uh, this week in the garden. And he talks about coral vine. 
Do we still have some of our red ones left? It's going to take me two weeks before I can answer uh, <laughs> right off the top of my head. Well, you, uh, you I know, don't know. Last time I asked, several weeks ago, uh, you had gotten some in, big ones. Yep, I had some red five-gallon ones. I there you go. no idea. It'll take me at least another week, maybe two, to okay. That's all ra- right. wrap my head around what's what's here and what's not. If you do have those, do they bloom in those? Yeah. They're, they're, they'll be blooming? As long as the girls don't keep cutting them back, because sometimes they'll cut them back to the pole so that they don't intermingle. Okay, okay. But, uh, you know, we've had... I've had doubts about that red one that came out that uh, James Spivey found in uh, Fredericksburg, somebody's yard. But I'm wondering how long it'll stay red, you know. But obviously the one in Fredericksburg stayed red for years. But the ones I planted at a, a, a wholesale plant producer's place on a picket fence... Uh, not a picket fence, a uh, chain link fence, which it grew over, <laughs> like Cal was talking about in this article. Uh, he, Cal says, it corvine uh, grows over wide areas of the landscape in addition to growing over trees and buildings. And he's right. The blooms are... I, very, I told you about when I... I uh, visited uh, Trinidad on a bird watching yeah. trip, and they uh, they were working on a, <laughs> a highway and an intersection, you know. So there was a whole bunch, of, and the the coral vine had moved across <laughs> the construction area. Beautiful blooms and everything, but the, it was driving the workers nuts. <laughs> they said the, there were more people trying to keep the vine uh, yeah. off than there were people working on the the asphalt trying to get the road. You, you should have gotten some of that beautiful cat's claw that you got. Oh gosh, yeah. How's it? How's it taking this drought and everything? It's uh, hanging on. Uh, it's not. It's not as aggressive as. I mean, it's not as. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's a lack of water. Yes. Yeah. Just surviving. But it's coming. Uh, I was just noticing the cro- the cross vine that uh, Milburgers has here lo- really looks good. That uh, there's a bunch of new some five gallon cross vine. Yeah, and and it reminded me a little bit of the foliage on the uh, cat's, cat's claw. claw. Yeah, <laughs> I said, no, don't wish that on. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah cross vine's wonderful. But this this coral always been. Uh, a beauty for Texas, South Texas areas. And uh, like Calvin says, it says, uh, the characteristic that makes it somewhat manageable is its sensitivity to cold. Corvine freezes back to the ground level every winter. That's uh, what I like in uh, my plants. Uh, and that's that's what we look for a lot in uh Superstar plants, because things like uh, uh, cherry, cherry, uh, uh, the uh, the salvias, they don't freeze back. If they don't freeze back, and you don't cut them back, they get big time ugly uh, after a few years. And uh, all you have to do is cut them back to the crown. 
In fact, uh, Mr. Fanick used to talk about it. He said uh, those salvias used to be very popular in the area, and people just grew, grew them and grew them and grew them. They'd buy them at the nursery in beautiful form, and then they put them in the landscape and never cut them back. And they eventually got tired of them because they were ugly, and uh, they quit buying them. But there was a resurgence of those, and they're a great plant, but uh, they they uh, benefit from being cut back periodically, and that, that's to the ground. Are you talking about the the blue salvias or the? I'm talking well, all of them. Yeah, uh, lots of choices here. Yeah, but uh, anyway, this coral vine fits the care. Now the reason we never have made coral vine, especially the red one, uh, Texas Superstar, is the word is I don't I haven't verified this that it'll freeze north of Austin. Up there. Not only does it freeze to the ground, it kills it. Now, I don't see how it can kill it when the root system is in the ground. And you don't have frozen soil. So. Yeah, right. But uh, it never has made Texas Superstar, even though we've had it in the in the trial. You don't think it's because people don't like it taking over their whole neighborhood, do you? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh I bet I bet you could edge it with uh, glyphosate. I never have tried that, but uh, you know, people say, "Well, if you use glyphosate, it'll kill the whole plant." Why? Not really. I've had. Uh, you mentioned that I, I had better luck with glyphosate than uh, than I did with remedy. You oh, know, is that right? Yeah, remedy on the, the cat's, cat's claw? claw works really well, yeah, but. Uh, the remedy on the coral vine didn't didn't work nearly as well. So just as a afterthought, is that right? I, I tried it, uh, uh, Roundup, <laughs> and yeah, it did, it did a better job. Yeah, it actually makes sense. So remedies for woody stuff oh. and glyphosate's for non-woody stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. But uh, if, well, I guess yeah. The cat cat's vine. The thing about it, if you find a place where it's on a fence or where there's uh, nothing behind it you do that spray that remedy and gosh it's it kills the stems and uh, the vine and and everything it does a good job and uh, if you're careful you don't uh, affect any of the plants surrounding i i have sad news for the people in uh wilson county it says uh are you uh, moving there? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Are the gophers having a tough time with uh, the soil? Could be something uh, with stickers. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh. I think the sandburrs have frozen out, have frozen and dried out. Oh, okay. All this adverse weather has taken its toll on the sandburr population. It only takes one to be right back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. We, we've had at least one... Uh, Listener that's called us about sandbirds. <laughs> but no, you're right, we haven't heard a, a lot of reports. Yeah. Sam says, Sam, uh, uh, says, if you have sandbirds maturing in your landscape, it often works to reduce the number of burrs 
that will stick to your socks and pets oh, by dragging a carpet piece through the lawn area. Uh, if the fluffier, fluffier the surface, the more burrs there will stick to it. And then, uh, of course, the, the way to control most of it is to, uh, uh, to use a pre-emergence uh, next March and June, such as Dimension R Crew. And Chase always adds another application there in this yeah. in the summertime. To prevent uh, most of the stickers. I but I've had I had good luck on that uh, condo we had on the coast, uh, the whole yeah area yeah. with uh, the two applications. Because I was back in the Amaze and Excel days, <laughs> they worked very well. Yeah, that's probably why they took so, them off the market. So where do you go get a carpet like that? Well, my daughter used to be a carpet salesman. But I, rather than can't find carpet, uh, get your youngsters a woolly coat, woolly winter coat that they never wear anyway. I, I had an answer. I just wanted to hear what his was. And, <laughs> and drag them around. The, go to a, go to a place that installs carpet, which means they there remove. You there you go. Old carpet. Yeah, they did. They would be happy, I'm sure, to give oh, you yeah. somebody's old carpet and or jute. The jute itself was probably better than the carpet. That's the grabbing. stuff you put under the carpet. Right. Yeah. Hmm. The felty, Padding. felty, cushy stuff. Now, it doesn't get everyone, but it sure cuts the population yeah. down on the, and the sandburrs. Kids, the kids love to be dragged behind the lawnmower. <laughs> And, then, and on that, I would also suggest if they had a four-wheeler or a golf cart, they just drag it behind that. There yeah. you go. They could do that. Drag the kid behind no, that? No. 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 Uh, no <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> Y'all talk about dragging kids. I know no, y'all. We, we weren't talking about no, dragging you kids. Were. You're the only one talking <laughs> don't, about dragging don't y'all, kids. There's no y'all here. I, I know y'all, y'all no. haven't lived in an icy, snowy area. But what is the greatest thing the youngsters do uh, when it snows or ices in a snowy, icy area. They play in it. They drag, dra they, they, get, they drag them behind a, a car or something. Uh, oh, that's little, uh, I'm not sure where you <laughs> yeah, live. Where that's you? Tennessee, I buddy. I don't think that's a thing anymore. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's child abuse. Well, we, we, <laughs> so we too, certainly yeah. did it with those uh, little four-wheel. There you go drive uh, uh, vehicles that you used to pull the sprayer. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was less dangerous than we did, the we, bigger we big didn't vehicle. Have that four, we couldn't afford that four-wheel drive things. Uh, we just used a old Chevrolet truck around the town square. Hopefully there wasn't many cars. Hopefully. They had cars back then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that horse and buggy. <laughs> and and if you had a had a buddy that you really you know didn't like that much, uh -oh. take him on the curves. 
Take him on the curse. All right, we're going to take a break. Two one zero three. Yeah, it broke stuff too. Uh-huh, eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight. Eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, sixteen zero four and Boulevardy Road on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Of everything in Texas and a whole lot of Texas in me. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Real quick, let's talk to you about Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control as you're enjoying uh, your home. Uh, sometimes you see those little pests that get in, like uh, roaches or ants. Or you know, my grand granddaughter got visited. Oh, you're not. You're not talking no, about people. Oh. No, Warren can't help you with your 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 uh, the family. If your family's coming to stay, boy, she's bossy. I don't know. Eight years. I can't wait till she gets older, man. Oh, no. sorry, sorry, Milt. For unfamily pests like uh, roaches and rats and. Ants and termites and mosquitoes. Uh, just remember the name Spider-Man because they've been doing this since 1976, helping people to get rid of these insects and keep them gone. And they look at the problem holistically in that they're going to not only see what what they would treat it with, but they're also going to uh, figure out, okay, why are they getting in? What do we need to do? And then they're going to treat that too and help you. So it's, it's a full-fledged plan on how to uh, get rid of them, and that's why they work so well. That's why you see so many good reviews of Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control when you go to Google uh, and or go to their website, GoSpiderManPest.com, and see those terrific reviews. That's GoSpiderManPest.com, or call them, 210-656-3721. Tomorrow's a great day to call them, 210-656-3721. Twenty-one. You've been wondering about this a while. Now it's time to take action and give them a call at Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. All right, 210-308-8867. Mark is on the line. I think it's our Mark. But uh, the person he wants to talk with is not here. Well, Jerry? I think so. Oh. oh Mark, yeah. Walk- Mark, yeah, he walked away for a second. He, uh, he's, at his, uh, he's in his favorite part of the office, uh, Mark. Yeah. Ah, okay. Um. Well, since he's not there, I must agree with him. Okay. That, with uh, Jerry? Yes. That, yeah, yes, with Jerry, incredible as this may seem. Um, yes, the best part of ice and snow is being pulled behind a car. Or, or uh, when you get to be teenagers, you actually what we call jump a car. And you hold on to the bumper and, and slide all over the place. So. Um, yes, Jerry is correct. However, we don't recommend it. It is a safety issue. Oh, what could possibly go wrong with being dragged yes, behind exactly. a car? Once again, uh, uh, did it have a name? Distilled um, that concept. Did this this activity have a name? Well, when you were teenagers, you you would wait for a car to come by, and then you would run out and. and and try to hold on the bumper and, and slide along with it. Wow! Crunch on the bumper. We we Crunch we bumper. always just used uh, allied uh, equipment, you know, like the uh, oh the if you had a we're dealing with uh, neighbors and 
that had property. They all of a sudden yeah, or, or little or tractors or oh okay yes. four little four wheel drive vehicles. Yeah. And here I was. Yeah, I thought he was calling to talk about the oak tree. Oh, and no, the uh, uh, oak sprouts. So I so ran. I no, well, the the Monterey oak. Oh, the Monterey oak yeah. and the yeah, the little so the I, sap thing. Yep. Yeah, 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 that was so a good I, question. I heard him call, and I was like, "Okay, I got to run in there." Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I came in the middle of that conversation, but I picked up on it. And yeah, Trace, you're right. It's it's going to either be a, a bore, or more likely, because of the time of year, it's going to be. Um, Slime flux or wet wood, we use the name interchangeably. And uh, uh, stress, Calvin was correct, it's a stress-related disease. And and uh, um, it gets into the trunk and people freak out because they see all this uh, amber oozing or, or slimy, frothy ooze coming out of the base of the tray. Uh, I seem to uh, remember, Mark, that there were big some places in uh, old tree care books there were big write-ups on how you release the pressure with a, a drill yeah that's everything that, and i that, that, and then it old, uh, i think we kind of lost that lost favor yeah they lost favor because that actually did more damage than than solve the issue so that kind of went out of favor but yeah that's a long time ago however the real reason i called and is he back yet or no is he, uh still wandering mm-hmm. around no, no, he's 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 still in his little, he's in his office. <laughs> he's in his office, yes. Um, so good, we can we can quickly go through this. Yesterday, Jerry made a comment of that Neil was recommending watering, and the amount was outrageous. And Calvin caught to it, and he says, "Well, we can discuss the specifics, but the main thing is." consistent watering and yeah i wrote down a few calculations i will not go on the math on the radio no uh, nothing makes for uh, better radio than math problems yeah yeah it's a lot less than what uh uh, what uh neil has uh been reporting so it will rain if he had a five gallon it would range anywhere from three and a half gallons to uh one and a half gallons per event but the main aspect is make sure there's multiple events. Of course, like the internationally famous 321 program that uh, yours truly created. That's, that's, that's still on our flyer. Three times, the Peterson three times plan. a week for the first month. I, I always think the, the one of the key things is that uh, that initial watering to, to fill that that uh, hole for the root area. Get that that wet. If you get that, yeah. So if you We've get that stuff that. wet, then you then yeah. you're halfway there in terms of preserving that uh, tree, and you can you can be less than perfect on your other watering, and then it'll still uh, survive pretty well. Yeah, and the uh, uh, the main thing is uh, consistency, and and yes, we've agreed uh, and talked about that many times on the radio show. Is really good watering at the time of planting. Is real important. And what was? Did you go over the three, two, one plan again? I, I looked away. Yeah, for okay, yeah, uh, three times a week for the first thirty days or, or uh, months, four weeks, and then twice a week for the next thirty days, and then one time a week for the next thirty days. Yeah, the uh, important thing is the amount of water you put on that first week. When it's three times a week, that's the same amount of water you put 
throughout the time frame, throughout the uh, 90 days. Um, you're just moving from a certain amount, a lighter amount, or a lower amount, rather, and then you're gradually increasing increasing that amount at the end of the watering period or establishment so, period. So as you're decreasing the frequency, you're adding the volume. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I have a Thank dumb you, question. Craig. On the frequency, so it's three yeah. times a week. Does yeah. it matter if it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? Or, I mean, is there any advantage to, um, like, Boy, that's spacing it out? Question. Thank you. I thought so. <laughs> yes, Mark? <laughs> no. However, um, if that was straight tripping up, yeah, uh, equal time frame to let the soil dry out a little bit before you put the amount on. So right. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday would probably be a good shoot. Okay, or, so... Or, or Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday would be another good one. Um, so I was thinking, like, if my watering day is Monday, doing it from 7 to 11 in the morning and then 7 to 11 in the afternoon or the evening doesn't count no, as two I, times. If you're hand-watering, it doesn't. Yeah. Oh. On a single watering time, like you're saying, using, oh, I don't know, like the tree hugger, um, we yeah. always would suggest a morning and evening watering to create a bigger water profile okay. in the soil. Hey, hey Mark, but, do you but, remember? Do you remember do what? The, uh, wh- how uh, hard was it to get permission to uh, special the, being the, able to water oh, in the morning and the, the afternoon? Yeah, for, that's for right. New that lawn. did come up yesterday, um, and, and uh, I decided that I had already spoken to you all, so I didn't want to call again. But yes, uh, Calvin is correct. Um, it is fairly easy, but it's under certain circumstances, i.e., it is under uh, brand new uh, lawns, landscapes, and, and this may have been uh, applicable to the gentleman, if you do an entire redo of the yard or 60% of the yard, then you can get a variance. And you'd go to garden style, uh, or actually you can do it right off of saws.org. And you just saw the, the, the links to the place where you would get a variance, and uh, we would approve that if it fell under those two conditions. Okay, good. Thank you. All, All right. right. Thank you, Mark. Uh, that, that was it. And then yay for Bubba Desert Willow. Yeah. Yes, and yes. Bubba rocks. Bubba <laughs> rocks. There we go. Um, yeah, that's all I had, and and thanks, thanks for letting me on. You bet, appreciate man. It. I always appreciate the call. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. And uh, Mark said he agreed with you on two things. We're not going to tell you what they are. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he spent lots of time being hauled around by cars in Michigan. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all looked at me like I was losing like, hey, my did, mind. Did you? Uh, he, he was talking about just be, being nonchalant until some car got close, and then you yeah, got, he would actually go uh, run up and and, and uh, not 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 uh, having permission, just uh, uh, taking advantage of the vehicle being 
slow enough to grab a hold of it. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't think we did that, but uh, we uh, used uh, other vehicles and tractors and things. Yeah, uh, the part, uh, you know, when you when you take a curve, so you're dragging somebody behind the truck on a rope. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and and they kind of get smart with you or they've hurt, hurt your feelings in a previous deal. You always want to take a sharp curve with those people hanging mm-hmm. out. Yeah, we, we figured... We got that part. All right. Uh, <laughs> 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. It works quite well to put the brakes on, too. Yeah. If you're We're still on this subject. <laughs> okay. I missed the variance thing. How, how hard was it to get oh, a variance? How hard is it to get a variance? Huh? How hard did Mark say it was to get a variance? Oh, relatively easy to get a variance. Um, and how long did it last? You know, we did. We didn't ask that, but it was uh, it used to be. Uh, uh, Mark can text me if he wants to. Three months, was it? Well, yeah, we better we better verify it because okay. that seems like pretty generous. Um, but the the good news is you just go to to the uh, that website, the Saw's website, and then you can sign up on the, there as long as the conditions the conditions included uh, doing a. A whole, a whole lawn, or at least a sixty percent um, of a lawn. Then you could get permission to do the watering in the morning and the afternoon, and, and so it was uh, not as complex. Uh, five weeks. Huh? Mark says five weeks. Five weeks. You can get it going pretty good by then. Good. Yeah. All right. All right, 210-308-8867. You've heard us mention it a great deal, and that's that tree hugger sprinkler right here at Millburgers. They've got all three sizes, 7, 11, and 15-inch. The tree hugger sprinkler is a great way to water uh, that existing tree or shrub, or you can that newly planted tree or shrub. The tree hugger is a great, uh, it's like a big green donut. I know everybody's looking, see how it's going to sound. I hope there are no ducks in the yard because it's going to get ugly. Uh, so it looks like a big green donut with a hinge on it. It's hard plastic, so you take the hinge and you open it up. Then you close or hug it around the tree. And then you turn it on just a little bit to water at the root ball. Thank you. Oh, man, you really have not turned it up much. And then you, But that's okay. Or if you want to water away from the root ball and more toward that drip line, uh, you go ahead and just turn it on higher. Thank you. Again, apparently, Jerry has ducks in his yard. <laughs> ducks that are very upset. Clearly. <laughs> Who are friends with Mickey, Mickey and Daisy. Um, Sounds a little bit like a raven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never right. more. It does, yeah. But uh, it sounds better than that. Your your tree hugger is going to sound much better than that. But, uh, yeah, it, you can go to treehuggersprinklers.com to see the video on how it all works, uh, and then it, it'll just make sense to you. It really will. Uh, tree hugger sprinklers available here at Millburgers and at HEB, so check them out. All right, 210-308-8867. We are going to take a quick break and come back in a moment with more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Marilla, San Antonio, any old place I call my home, I gotta go. I got Texas in my soul.
to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, our phone number, 210-308-8867. And Evelyn is on the line. Evelyn. Evelyn. Yeah, we haven't talked to her in a while. And she's got <laughs> a question about her Laura Bush petunias. What's going on, Evelyn? Well, I don't know. My daughter, I couldn't go that day. Anyhow, my daughter went to, uh, yeah, I swallowed it. Anyhow, got some petunias, and hers are beautiful, and mine are, I don't know, the leaves are kind of drying up. I thought it was spider mites at first, but it's not, and they kind of dry up and just falling off, and I don't know. what. This is the Laura Bush? I'm sorry? This is the Laura Bush petunias. Yes, it is. Did you cut them back? Right? No, not right away. I didn't. <laughs> okay, so once they get some, uh, some good height to them, you almost need to give them a haircut. Well, that's going to help on one of them. <laughs> and and each I, fi- I find that each one is different, depending on what kind of container it's in, how far, how much in yeah. the sun it is. I've got one that's just still spectacular, but it's the only one I got left blooming. So I I don't think you're alone, Evelyn. Well, that's good to hear that I'm not the only one. But hers are beautiful. They're in the blasting sun till sundown. Hmm. Jerry's thinking. 100, uh, 104 uh, uh, degrees, and it's a little tough on even Laura Bush. Yeah, them. yeah. Okay. Well, that's good well, to hear. Be sure, be sure they're kept moist. They are. Okay. And you fertilized them? Yes, I did. With your famous fertilizer. This is Evelyn you're talking to now. Oh, okay. You know she fertilized yeah. them. <laughs> uh, there's been some research done that uh, that they found that uh, they're actually a saprophytic plant. I don't know if religion makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, to, to, I was thinking gazutite, but I don't know if <laughs> qualifies either. What does saprophytic mean? mean they... Feed on off other other plants. What for their nutrients? How do they do that? Uh, usually the plant dies. Uh, well, it's like ball moss. Oh, okay. It's like ball moss, but to horse herb. Well, that's that's they, find, they find that lower bush petunia does better planted with horse herb. Yeah, the well, the, the, the pink and yellow would look now, good. But we uh. didn't have any rain, so I guess that's the reason. Oh. oh, is your horse herb not doing well? No. No, it's too dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely do that pre-emergent this fall. Maybe you'll knock out some of it. Horse herb? If she gets a seed That's killed. That's blasphemous, talking oh, about well, killing it. It'll probably be back when it starts raining, whenever that. Oh, be. yeah, it'll come back. Yeah. Fear not. Okay. Uh, what else is growing in your garden, person? Evelyn? Glad to hear Dr. Parsons is back. Oh, good. That's sweet. <laughs> Me too. What else are you growing, Evelyn? Um, I've got bell peppers in the garden, and I don't know if I should just pull those out that are constantly uh, wilted. I keep watering them. I got compost around them and partial shade, and I don't know. It, it's just too blasting hot, I think. Yeah, the the leaves are nice and green. Yes, they are, but they're uh, wilting. But they're not, they're not setting fruit, right? Uh, they're trying to. Okay. They're trying to bloom. 
Okay, uh, leave them alone when the temperature cools. Uh, have you, are they in a container or in the ground? In the ground. In the ground, okay. Uh, side dress them with a little fertilizer. And when that you I wa did. Keep watering them. And uh, when the temperature's cool, they'll start setting, uh, are they bell peppers or are they uh, hot yeah, peppers? Yeah, bell peppers. Yeah. Uh, they're tall. They're almost as tall as I am, and that's pretty tall. Yeah, yeah. They get tall. Uh, and, uh, the, the, you know, the, I planted some containers for my, for my son and his friend. And uh, that, the spider mice could kill the tomatoes eventually, all three varieties. Well, that did that to mine also. Yeah, but, uh, and they're, t they're almost touching each other. And uh, I've never, I've not seen any spider mice on those uh, peppers. I haven't either. And they were, like you said, close together. That's weird. Yes. And God uh, for that. But anyway, they'll, they'll start producing peppers uh, this fall. Okay, well, next month is, I want to start planting broccoli and cauliflower and that by the last part of September, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the, the problem. I like hot weather, but this is ridiculous. 107 degrees. <laughs> it's ridiculous, huh? <laughs> but uh, the uh, yeah, you need to. Get, you've got a lot invested in those plants, those pepper plants, and so I would see what they produce this fall. Okay, I'm trying. There you go, girl. Thanks, Evelyn. Hang we'll, in there. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Vel is on the line at 210-308-8867. Hey, Vel, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Thank, thank you very much. I appreciate so much what you do. And, and of course, I did have the opportunity to be on the STAR Committee in District 7 when it was District 7. I've introduced Jerry many times for programs in San Antonio and everywhere else. But I, I'm in need of knowing how to um, get rid of rescue grass in uh, carpet and Bermuda. Uh -huh. Is there a way, and when would you do it? What are you trying to have grow? It's just a cemetery. Cemetery, so you don't want anything? Do you want anything there? I mean, No, carpet. Uh, it has carpet. It has carpet and a oh. little bit of Bermuda, I think. But this rescue grass is really causing an issue. <laughs> well, there, I, I have it out here where I live, too. But uh, this is an issue in, in the cemetery. Okay. Well, the rescue, the rescue grass uh, uh, used the, uh, one of the pre-emergent herbicides that we talk about in uh, about uh, March 1st. Is, uh, oh, March 1st? Well, and also fall. So she's got one coming up. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. We're talking about a winter weed here. So yeah. So in fact, September, September first is a good time. Yeah. But uh, they mow the cemetery, don't they? They mow it. They they don't want that stuff out there, and they they cut it so low that nothing can grow. <laughs> Well, but that, but that, won't, that won't matter on a pre-emergent. Yeah, but... Uh, and and we, you, we try to 
have a, a beautiful a, a beautiful lot of 16 people. Yeah. The uh, if that rescue if it's true rescue grass, and they mow it short, it should go away, shouldn't it? No, it just no, uh, but it's killing all it's doing hangs. is killing the, the carpet grass. It grows so much faster than everything else. Probably looks yeah, it really does. bad. Yeah, and then, you know, and this, uh, the winter lawn. That's yeah. Well, we mow it, and it just looks good until it at the uh, end of winter. It setting seed but yeah but if you do a pre uh, pre-emergent you do the pre-emergent and then if for some reason we get a lot of rain ah! uh you might you <laughs> might consider uh one in the middle like in uh late december or uh so if we get a lot of rain if we don't then you're, you're covered all the way to like that march first yeah you, s- you lo- look at the uh what's the emergent are you are you uh Speaking of. Well, Dimension would be the least expensive one that would cover what you're trying to do. Okay. And Crew is another one. Well, Crew, is that P-R-U-E? Crew. C-R-E-W. Thank you. Crew. Okay. Well, I truly appreciate that, and I always enjoy listening to you folks. You're great. Thank you, Val. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Cool. Well, that was good. Bye. All right, 210-308-8867. Yes, sir, are you going to say something? Oh, well, I had a conversation with David yesterday. Oh, Uh-oh. sorry about that. About, about huckleberries. So since, oh, since we came back from Montana, my wife wants to grow huckleberries. No. Blackberries. I'm telling you what my wife wants. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm wondering if I do the same as we do for blueberries, if I can accomplish it. No. Why? Because the heat or because the soil? The heat, oh. The heat and the alkalinity will take care of. And uh, they, uh, I don't know if they have a coal requirement or not. Well, you only find them in the mountains there. Yeah, yeah. So that may be a problem. But uh, Kiowa blackberry is the Texas huckleberry. You tell that to my wife. I'll be glad to tell her. She, she, <laughs> you don't want that conversation. We, had, we took an empty suitcase so that she could bring back huckleberry wine, huckleberry oh. jam, huckleberry <laughs> jelly. What does huckleberry taste like? It tastes like a less sugary blueberry. Okay. Is it tart? A little, yeah. Hmm. But it's better than blackberry. Yes. Yeah. Can you buy it? Like if I go to HEB or Sprouts, can I buy huckleberries? I think I, you can. I don't Sometimes. know. Sometimes. It might be easier than growing it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying fake it till I make it? Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, just tape it to the tree. <laughs> to the little, uh, oh, the huckleberry tree. It's a bush. It bloomed overnight. And then it's we've like got a blackberry bear. bush. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of interesting. I don't know if I've ever had huckleberries. I've certainly had blackberries and blueberries, but <laughs> raspberries, but I don't know about huckleberries. So. You've definitely got your challenge ahead of you. I do. What did you decide? What did David say to do? Uh, it's basically the same as... What? Yeah, don't, uh, don't try. <laughs> we try to help you. <laughs> no. <you're not. laughs> it's like when David told that poor boy he couldn't grow the apples. There you go. That broke, it, broke his heart. That was the saddest thing I ever saw. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I've got uh, looking at Calvin's old articles, and uh, got about two minutes. He, he talks about Altheus, 
did did the Blue Angels houses ever? We sold all those. We do have an, another batch that we found local. Oh, uh, I think it's purple, but um, hmm. yeah, that's the... we will be doing a booking very soon. Okay, for those to come out of Oklahoma in late January, early February, depending on the weather. Okay, but you sold the ones. That uh, you... They're all gone. Right, except for this one purpley variety. That's a that's a pretty outfit. Have we got any uh, any news on any any of the nectar plants for the butterflies? Anything that we talked about last time? Or, no. Or any uh, milkweeds? Or There's any... milkweed over here. I found that. Yeah, the um, um, tropical. Yes. And then we got a, uh, some porterweed. We got some mist flower. Of course, we got uh, yeah, lots Z- of lantana and yeah, salvia. Yeah, zinnias. Zinnia. Do you have a few? How not, many are, not too many of those. Well, we have a few. A few what? Zinnias. I'm sorry? Zinnias. Okay. Profusion. <laughs> Profusion. I've, I've, I've planted uh, some of them. Uh, Traces provision and yeah. they're working pretty well. Good. All right, we got to say goodbye for today. We're back next Saturday and Sunday here at Mill Burgers. On behalf of the uh, Trace and Dr. Parsons, Dr. Finch, I'm Milton Glick. Thanks to Barry, doing a great job. Thanks to you for listening. See you next week on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.